Hello, everyone. This is your always tactful host, Pendy. And this is Paul, also known as Eastex Twitch. Mindini. 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 We all love Mindini. Calm down there, fellow co-host. Why in the world are you chanting Mindini? Well, you see, there is a new battle road intact featuring the character Mule, which centers around her ever-growing fan club. During the scenario, I loved the line about Mindini wanting her own fan club. Where are my Mindinites at? Huh, what about Magellanites? Mayor Cosgrovians? Agustracites? Mm. Puritans? Mm. I mean, they're all pretty great, but I'm going with the pink fuzzball with the demon wings for the win. What, uh, well, except for maybe Purdy. She does serve zombie drool at her bar, after all. Not very appetizing, is it? Try chasing it with a lemon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'd rather be pummeled to death by a heavenly flurry from Mule than ever try that. Wouldn't we all? Actually, what we'd really love to do is welcome our audience to Tactfully Die, a Slime Time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, and the Dragon Quest Tact mobile game. That's right. We'll talk about the latest and greatest with Dragon Quest Tact first. Good. I'm weeks overdue for talking some tech. I'd like to talk some Final Fantasy. You would say that. I take it you saw the news? You bet your chocobo I did. They'll be doing a crossover event with the Final Fantasy Brave XVS mobile game. In Japan, they'll be doing it starting 24 August. I hope it comes here too. Crossovers, or collaborations as Japanese developers like to call them, are terrific. However, the lack of crossovers intact so far, unless we count die, has been less than terrific. Any uh, particular Final Fantasy creatures you'd like to see as units intact? Oh, well, Wylamia, of course. Mm. Runners-up include Arachne, Moon Maiden, Alluring Rider, Vamp Girl, and Lilith from Symphony of the Night. <laughs> nice. I just want to see a Moogle and a Chocobo as recruitable units. To use an old-timey phrase, that would be aces. If not... I might write. <laughs> I did see a Moogle in one of the promotional art pictures, so here's hoping. I guess Moogles and Chocobos would be cool, too. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you say aces? Maybe. Why did you say that word? Well, I might have switched guilds recently. Indeed you did. You joined DQT Aces, my guild. What made you switch? Well, the Dragon's Den Guild was a lovely guild with fantastic people, not being sarcastic at all, but I wanted to get into a guild that was more competitive. Understandable. And the timing worked out just right because we had just lost a couple of people in our Aces 1 guild. That includes a lame dude who left without a word after Ling was hanging in a guild tournament. Boo. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Uh, my departure was less dramatic since I was on great terms of everybody and everybody, you know, pretty much understood. And since my wife had picked up the game again, my old guild asked if she could join there and she accepted. So it worked out. Hey, it's cool that she plays. Yeah. Mine does too. She's impressed by slash jealous of your shameless stamina expenditure. <laughs> She's normally our guild's top contributor. Mm. Now we just need to get you participating in our Discord meetups. I know, right? I haven't done those yet. I, I should feel ashamed. Shame on me. I'll, I'll have to do some of those uh, in the future, especially those... Uh, those uh, banner pulls that you guys do, thats that seems like that's uh, pretty fun. Yeah, they're good fun. No stress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was pretty—I was glad I could come into Aces 1 and contribute. Uh, it's been nice being ranked in the top 15 like we are now. You deserve it, buddy. And yeah, your stamina burn helped us get back in the top 15 after our bad apples left us 
hanging a bit farther yep. from the mark. Yep. I was still getting figgy with it when I came in. I was hunting those uh, maps for the figs to get the crystals. I got some good dupes out of that. How much stamina were you spending to do all that? Uh, way too much. Uh, I wasn't going full max out on uh, spending gems and stamina, but I was going all the way to the 150 gem level. Holy crap. What? Yep. Uh, once it would get to 300, yes, it goes that it goes there. That's where I would stop. I, <laughs> I would did not, not know I, that. <laughs> I think I want to say the final level might be 500, but I haven't gotten that far, and I don't want to, so I'm not going to find out. That's some hardcore spending on stamina, you peppy pickle. It is. I don't see myself doing that again anytime soon. I usually only do about the uh, the. I usually do like the 40 and the 60 gem refills if I'm going hard in an event. How about you? I normally keep it to just 40, but I'm mm. dipping into the 60s lately in an effort to keep up with the cool kids. <laughs> I'm excited to be part of the guild tournaments in this new guild as well. I mean, we're doing pretty good so far, I, I think. I mean, I don't I don't have any I don't know how well you guys usually do, but we have won the first two of the three qualifier matches to this point could be worse mm. yeah and we would have won yesterday if not for a handful of lone wolves who have to be reminded over and over to ask for help but mm. i'm not complaining <laughs> still it's not going too badly and i noticed that your defense team has won twice so far what's your setup well i decided i would try and overwhelm with speed on speed I have a three heart Pissarro, a max heart Hell's Card Vera, one heart max blossom Delina, and one heart max blossom blossomed Gorsby Purvis. Not bad at all. I wish my Pissarro had three hearts, no hearts on my Vera, and I haven't had the resources to fully blossom Purvis yet. Your defense team sounds all right. And not only that, I have them all equipped with my weapons and armor with the highest agility. So if the team that goes against them doesn't do the same, my team will most likely get to go first and hopefully do some damage. It did very well for my old guild, and I'm interested to see how it does in more competitive matches. And so far, so good. What is your defense uh, set up like? Well, my team has a fully awakened Malroth, fully hmm. Blossom 2, of course, Fallen Angel Corvus with one heart, Dual Magus with two hearts, and a maxed out Red Robin Hood. I guess they're okay, but equipping them for speed probably would have been a good idea, too. Yeah, because, I mean, damage is good, but, like, if you're going up against similar units, if you can get that edge where they can go uh, before the other ones do, if they have, like, person on person, I mean, if you run into that, that might... That might help. I don't know. I'm not the, an expert, and I look forward to uh, getting some advice from your fellow teammates, which I've already uh, picked up on some stuff uh, as as I've been in the guild. That's the spirit. And I often do go to them for advice. Right now, at, at my job as a teacher, we've just started school again, so it's the busiest time for time of the year for me, so I, I don't have like as much attention to pay to the game as I would like. But, you know, I'm keeping up as well as I can. Nice, nice. I hope we continue to kick some ass this week. Yeah, and we've been talking about the guild tournament, but how have you been doing in the regular arena? We haven't had an episode in a while, so I know we've been through quite a few of those. Yeah, I've been up and down these past weeks, uh, but in particular, I got really mad last week, but also learned to get a good lesson on top of that. Did you now? Yeah, I, I had a great week going last week. I had, you know, I had two matches where I lost a character, but otherwise perfect. But then I go up against a team with a stump chump. That doesn't seem so bad. A little bit of healing from that character. But wait, there's more. I didn't realize the Sump Chump had a blossom that gave him a breath ability to cancel out attacks and spells. Oh, no. You actually got hit by that? Oh, yes. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I kept, he was in the back, and I didn't really go after him because, ah, it's a Sump Chump. I'll get him last or whatever. I didn't realize he had that skill. So I had 
a paralyzed I had paralyzed their Pizarro that was on their team. I was going in for the kill with Purvis, but then Stump Chump hits me with that ability, and Purvis now can't use his attack skills. That was the end for me. I ended up losing the match, and oh, I was so mad. I had been made the real chump. I can't believe your Purvis took such a dive, but you did learn from being stumped and chumped in that match. I did. I learned the hard way about Stump Chump's new ability, and I know it will be a great addition to future guild tournament defense teams when there is leftover weight. Overweight, the story of my life. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Arena's going fine for me. You know, like, I'll lose a unit here and there. I'm really not stressing about it. We haven't had one of those Arena rounds in which you can win actual prizes for doing well lately, you know? So until that comes along, I can take it nice and chill and not let myself get too stressed. You know, like, there's always somebody I can beat. So I haven't actually lost a battle in probably three weeks or something. Nice, nice. Very good. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about crossovers in our Arena battles, but we haven't even gotten into the new event yet. I know! Dragon Quest X has finally come to the West! Kind of again. Not really. Well, kind of in a way, yeah. Yes, we kind of, sort of, but not really got Dragon Quest X in the West again with this tacked Dragon Quest X event. And we say again because there was also the Dragon Quest X missions in Dragon Quest XI-S. I have no context to anything that's going on in the events, but it's been fun nonetheless. Indeed, at least when the event dialogue works properly. Right? I was annoyed about that one piece of dialogue that cut that got cut off in one of the event missions. I reported it as a bug, but I don't know if they'll fix it or not. It made for a weird transition from one mission to the next, since uh, or one level to the next, since whatever Mendini was saying got cut off mid-sentence, and the, the level just ends, and you don't know what happens in between. Well, I'd defend the text error, but I don't want you hulking out on me. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Mendini smash! Ah. Well, otherwise, it's, it's uh, been great. I got uh, Anne Lucia off the paid pull along with the wizard Kitty Mogus, and I've been building up the two free A units who are supposed to be among the highest rated A units in the game, even in Japan to this day. What about you? Well, I'm glad to say that I did get Anne Lucia from from Tact Point tickets. Awesome. Yeah, and that was just during our most recent guild Discord meetup. You know, like, I mean, I've already put, like, seven actual gem pulls plus a paid pull towards her. And then after, like, I don't know, 30 tact point pulls, actually got her. And that's pretty rad. And now I'm debating whether I want to spend money to get gems to keep going after the pity to, you know, get her a heart. Or if I should just wait for the big guy who's coming next. How many uh, how many pity pulls are you are you away from doing that? Well, I mean, I think I've done seven, so that would mean you know I I have a decent chance of getting her with three more, or it could oh. be, could be eight more, you know. So oh so oh oh, it goes that, it would go that far. Okay, yeah, I don't know. That's a yeah, it's, I don't know if I would or not because the big guy is supposed to be pretty damn good too. So exactly. So like, if I don't get him easily, I'm gonna have to throw money at him for sure. So maybe I'll just try to get him and see how that goes, and then maybe circle back to her if her banner's still around. Yeah, I spent a lot of money on on a lot of stuff in the game recently, so I'm kind of backing <laughs> off for a while. I'm, I'll do like the one, like I did the, the I did the one paid pull on Anne Lucia, and I think that's how I got her. Yeah, that's how I got her. Um, but I'm not going to do anything, and I didn't do the paid pull on the Dimension Dinosaur. I, I'm, I think I'm saying that wrong. Um, but and I've already got him with what? Say again. Dimensional Dragon. Thank you, Dimensional Dragon. I yeah. horrible of names, as you know. Um, but I've already got him of two hearts, so I was like, I don't want to do more pulls on him. I've already got the the other dragon that's part of that uh, reminiscence event, and I don't want to do a paid pull on that one either. 
because I already got him with maybe one heart, I think. Uh, so I'll do a paid poll on the big guy that's coming up, but that, I'm just going to do the one paid poll and, and, and call it good for a while. I, I've... I'm, I have a pretty good team uh, right now, and there's not really anybody I know of that's coming in the near future. Oh, I'm gonna save all. I need to save all my stuff for Erdrich. That's what I'm doing. That's okay. Um, but what about the the World Breaker, the the next unit? He's also at that very top tier level. Nah, 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 nah. I, I gotta. I'm I'm picking my battles. I'm picking my poison. I'm okay, gonna. If you say I, so. I'm gonna go for. Uh, I'm gonna go for Erdrich probably more than anybody else. So. So not even the paid pull. I'll probably do. Well, I'll do one. I'll do like the one paid pull on the on that guy too. Yeah, but you like, really should. Nothing. Nothing beyond that. Nothing beyond that. Gotcha. Erdrich is where I'm really gonna save my gems for and go hard on him. That'll be the next time I actually spend a decent amount of cash. That will be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's Erdrich. I mean it's like Erdrich. <laughs> That'll be amazing that to, to when he comes along. That'll be great. Good old Loto. Yeah, I didn't know if they're going to do heroes or or not in this game, and and uh, or main heroes, main protagonists, because usually they kind of shy away from doing that. Like Dragon Quest heroes, they wouldn't do that. So that'll be cool. It'll sure. be fun to have those now. I I'm really like probably out of all the heroes, I, I think I've said this before, but like three is great, and so is, once they have eight, I'm looking forward to getting eight too. Yes, that would be great. Anybody but the hero from Eleven with his stupid hair. <laughs> Someone just uh, shared some artwork of uh, Eleven. It's a it's a GIF with his hair flowing in the wind. I thought was hilarious. It was great. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what his hair was born for. <laughs> now then, before we get into the die portion of the show, it's time for the tact tip of the day. Tip of the day. Did you know? Did you know that sometimes you can find some incredibly useful status changing scrolls in the event shops? That's right, tacticians. Do you have a character like Dual Magus that is invincible to phys- physical attacks, but you always have to deal with everyone in Arena and their Pissarro on their team that easily takes them out? Worry no longer. Sometimes special event shops will have ability scrolls like Burning Breath that you can add to your characters. You can use that to paralyze Pissarro and go to town on your enemies. Yeah, just as an aside, I didn't realize that I had completely missed that too. Is that ah. something that's something I learned from your guild? Apparently during the 1.5 in the 1.5 anniversary shop, that's what one of your main guys was saying. That's they actually had a burning breath scroll in that shop. Completely missed it. I'm disappointed in myself. I was like, "Ah, so now I'll I'll know to look for the in the future that sometimes they do really have some good status scrolls in there." Uh, in, on rare occasions. Hey, little guy, it's our guild now. That's true, our guild. <laughs> but yeah, you totally should have gotten that. Like, always just buy all the good good scrolls they have, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll pay attention to it. Because I hadn't done scroll stuff in a while because I had what I thought was good. But no, that's out of, I will definitely pay attention, more pay attention. But yeah, that is amazing. Just remember to have some speedy gear on to make sure he goes first. That was our tact. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Now let's get into some die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die anime. In the future, we will also do reviews of the manga, upcoming die console news, and maybe even a little bit about the merchandise as well. Sadly, neither of us plays the mobile game. Actually, I'm not that sad about it. Cha-cha. <laughs> the first episode we'll tackle is uh, episode 13. This episode is called... The deciding moment. The true past of Yunko is revealed, and he is defeated in the process. But who comes by to heat things up? When we last left off, Dai had successfully hit Hyunkel with a zapple. But how successful was it really? We didn't know. Nah, and Pop starts to celebrate, and then he gets whacked right in the face by Hyunkel, as his apple ended up hurting Hyunkel, but did not finish him off. Not 
not uh, so much. Poor Pop. Kionkel freezes Die with his dark aura hand and hits him with a bloody scryde. Devastating. Yes. The technique he specifically came up with to counter Avon's techniques. The effect they made for it here looked really amazing, too. I really like the, the look of it. Yeah, it looked great. Mm. At this point, Mom finds her way into the Colosseum and presents Hyunkle with the soul shell she found in the treasure chest earlier. The shell contains the last words of the Hell Knight Bartos, Hyunkle's dad. Yeah, uh, Pop finds that Dai is still alive, having leaned back just enough not to take a direct blow from the bloody scribe. They show internally, uh, they kind of animate like his thoughts, how scared he is and how he keeps you know, saying neither sword nor spell will work against Yunkel, and he's desperately trying to figure out in his mind what he can do. Interesting way to interpret that. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was just like in a fugue state or something, you know, like he's he's got part of his senses knocked out, but his instinct is taking over, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely going on as well. But like he's got this battle in his mind where he's trying to figure out you know, what to do next as well. I see, I see. So then Yunkel listens to the soul shell, where we find out that Ovin defeated Bartos, but let him live. Avan realizes the star hanging from Bartos's neck that Hyunkel made for him was made by a human child, and so he takes pity on him. In this moment, Bartos explains his connection to Hyunkel and asks Avan to look after the boy if he succeeds in besting Hadlar. It was after Avan defeats Hadlar that Hadlar finds Bartos and kills him before escaping. Uh, so this is where I go on a rant about this being my least favorite part of the story in this series. Maybe my least favorite episode. This is one of the only times where I really dislike what happens as it's written and shown. Like, how does Bartos conveniently have a soul shell lying around to leave a message for Hyunkle? It's basically a magic last will and testament. Yeah. Why would he not tell Hyunkle of its existence before, since they are basically at war? Like, hey, Hyunkle, I got this shell and I can record my last thoughts to you if we get separated and I don't make it. His actual last words to Hyunkle are thanks for the memories, but it should have been seek my soul shell since he records his last memories and thoughts for him. He has no idea to look for the shell since he doesn't even know it exists. He doesn't even know that such a an item exists at all. And why would Avon not tell him what happened to his father? He could have told him his father specifically asked him to take care of him. Instead, he lets him seethe in anger for years. And Avon knows he has anger in his heart as we see him tell him that at one point, right before he tries to kill him. And then there's the plot point that Mam conveniently runs into the room that has the soul shell in the first place. I'm usually pretty lenient on convenient coincidences in stories, but this is all too much for me combined with a total lack of logic on anyone's part. None of it makes sense. Well, hello, Mr. Picky Pants. Yes. In this so, case, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't mind most of what you're describing. I do agree that it makes no sense for Avin not to have fully explained the situation yes. to Hyunkel. Like, uh... Did did Avan really just go so long without knowing that Hyoko was angry at him? I mean, th that must be what happened, you know, even though it, it seems pretty obvious whenever we see those flashbacks. Yeah, he said he had like he had anger in his heart or his eyes or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's like, come on, man. Why would you not? You, your dad is dead. Why would you not like explain like, oh, you know, your dad, it, you know, your dad told me that like he his last wish for, was for me to take care of you. So you'd think that'd be like a bonding moment that he'd want to have with a kid instead of just being like, hey, I found you. Now I'm your dad. Let's go train. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in storytelling, this 
kind of situation is sometimes called like a, a problem that could have been solved with a post-it note, you know, like it could have been <laughs> solved if one party had been willing to communicate with another. Yeah. And there's a lot of Japanese stories, you know, like I'm reminded of Common Rider Fies, for instance, but like a lot of Japanese stories where you've got a, a character who won't talk about things. And if they had, it would have avoided a lot of problems down the line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of typical Japanese writing, I guess I would say. But mm. like the existence of the soul shell itself mm. doesn't bother me. I, I think yeah. it's neat. You know, like it's not that different from if he had written a letter, but they just couldn't explain why. Why wouldn't he have the letter on him? You know, if he wrote that letter, why wouldn't he have the letter to hand to Hyunkle, right? So instead why would he make had, it? Yeah. Why would he make it a secret? Like, here's my secret soul shell and I won't tell him about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I could see like, for instance, if you had a will, you might not mention it to your kids. Like, uh, you know, yeah, it would have been smart to stop and mention it. But I guess he just didn't think of it because, he, you know, he's too in the moment. He's not everybody's going to think of every little thing that they should do. But uh, I think the the chest, it's like just a cool, slightly more dramatic way to handle situation the situation than if it had been a letter. And it explains why he didn't have it literally on him, you know, because of magic. That's why. Yeah. And I don't mind the fact that they use a magic item to do the whole thing. It's just how it's executed is what I mind. And then I've, I'm coming from like the military perspective. So I'm in the military. And whenever we go off on a deployment to some dangerous area, like they remind us again and again and again and again, like, hey, do a last will and testament in case something happens. I'm like, oh, oh, OK. Yeah. So I, I have that. In the, I have that in the back of my, my mind, too. That's they're, true. They're at war in this scenario as well. It's not like they're just like, ah, da, 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 it's just another day. Like they're at war with the, the humans. So it's like a, a, a it's life or death, like almost every day kind of thing. Yeah. And I know you've got soul shells stashed like every place you've been stationed, right? I do. Good luck finding them. <laughs> uh, but. I was wondering, are soul shells an actual thing in the games? Not that I remember. I don't think so. That is one thing that I think they uh, they did specifically for Die. Okay, that makes sense. I yeah. Oh, yeah. and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but mom finding it while she's crawling around, that's, I mean, like, if we were playing a Dragon Quest video game, we'd find that kind of thing as we were, like, trying to progress the story. So it's it's not exactly out of line for Dragon Quest. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the least of my nitpicks on that whole situation. It's just that combined with everything else just made me disappointed. <laughs> I'll tell you, I mean, it's a little too convenient. And again, it, it is sort of relying on Japanese storytelling tropes, which are always not always very mature, you know, like sometimes they're real immature in in their habits, Mm -hmm. but it's good drama, you know, like uh, seeing, seeing Hyunkle receive that information and and what he does with it. You know, even if Hyunkle's like a big dummy at this point in the story, you know, it's good drama and I find it very interesting. Mm, Cool, cool, cool. Oh, and one more aside on this, which is not a big deal, but I thought that was very amusing was how uh, Hadler says he needs exactly 13 years to recover from his injuries. That is an oddly specific number. And I wonder how he came up with that. Maybe he peaked at his HP bar. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, There may be more RPG math going on in the background than we may realize <laughs> but i guess it just goes to show like how how things have been planned out you know like as far as we knew hadlar literally died right there but it turns out it was sort of like a a very temporary or fake death and then yeah he's gonna go to sleep and come back even meaner and stronger right yeah it they they uh in the old anime they just he just says like, oh, I need to like go rest for a number of years or something like that. I forget what the exact quote is. He doesn't say like 13 years exactly, but I did oh. go check in the manga and they do actually say 13 years specifically. So I don't, I don't know why they 
decided like oh, we're 13 years that's the magic number but uh, whatever <laughs> well you know i mean 13 is a fair amount of time it's enough time for die to grow up for instance you know that mm-hmm. that actually may be right where it came from yeah, but also like convenient storytelling yeah there tool. you go but also like years. <laughs> if they've been american writers 13 is a, a creepy number a bad luck number you know so that fits well with them being evil and stuff. yeah and maybe yeah maybe that was like a an imagery thing that they were trying to draw with that certainly could be yeah, yeah. Anyway, soon after the Soul Shell revelation, Die awakens in a semi-unconscious state and attacks Hadlar. Yet another BS part of the show, in my opinion. Pop explains that martial artists are still able to keep fighting even in an unconscious state, but I'm not a fan of this concept either. I, man, I really just don't like this episode. <laughs> man, stuff like this happens in anime all the time. It is it's not particularly unusual for me. You know, uh, Seeing die fight without like his full level of reason, for instance, that was kind of fun. And he's that I'm being, good with. Yeah, and he's being pretty pretty tough. You know, he's being pretty badass, and the the scene is uh, animated in CG, but it looks pretty good. That's one. Of, yeah, they use CG in the fight scenes in the show sometimes. Sometimes it's really absolutely horrible, but this is yeah. one of the times where it's actually pretty good. It, it looked, I liked it. Yeah, but I'd it, say it's like eighty percent as good if they'd hand animated it, but quite yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and it's like when Dai goes into kind of an unconscious state when like the dragon crest takes over, like I'm good with that. But th- in this particular instance where he's just like just knocked out and he's like, oh, suddenly I can get up and fight somehow. I just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. So in this this weird I don't know if it's the right word, fugue state or whatever, but like mm. in this weird mental state that Dai is in, he's uh, he's like just repeating to himself over and over, you know, should he like sword or spell, you know, or sword and spell. He just keeps saying it over and over. And it, yeah, it's repetitive. And it, again, he's supposed to be like semi-unconscious. It's like he's dreaming or sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. And he eventually figures out how to combine both sword and spell together into the flame sword technique. And despite everything else that I hate, hate about this episode, this flame slash technique was really fun to see here. Like flame slash would, wouldn't show up in a Dragon Quest game until Dragon Quest VI. So perhaps this is one of those times where the game series was inspired by something used in the show instead of the other way around. Maybe so. Hmm. And despite Yonkel's best efforts, Dai is able to summon Zapple to use in combination with an Avon Slash, which is Zapple Slash in particular, to take out Yonkel. That's what he gets. That's right. And what I loved about that whole sequence of events is I love at the very end of it, where the little motion by Dai uses to kind of shake off the last little bit of residual lightning on his sword afterwards was a really nice touch. Yeah, that was the most stylish thing. It's sort of like, you know, in anime or even live action shows when the hero walks away from an explosion. But I mean, it was cooler than that. Yeah. So after Kionkel is defeated, Mom steps in to comfort him, and she ends up snapping Dai out of his unconscious state. She even starts to heal Hyunkle, and I like how Pop objects to him getting killed first. I got a little oh, yeah. laugh out of that. She's like, why, why aren't you healing me first? You're, you're healing him? What the hell? Oh, yeah, Pop definitely deserved it first. <laughs> but before everyone can relax, Flazard appears and sets off the extinct volcano underneath the Colosseum, which ends up surrounding our heroes on all sides by lava. And of course, like any bad stereotypical villain, he pulls the stupid trope of leaving the heroes in a trap and then leaving before he can see if the trap works or not. Yep, that's total amateur hour right there. And mm-hmm. yeah, when I was just watching the this episode earlier today with my partner, she, you know, she's like, why would he do that? You know? <laughs> and 
I said, so the story can happen. That's why. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it was fine when I was a little kid growing up watching stuff like that. But for, for this, I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he says something about like, he's like, looks like I'm not welcome here. So I'm going to take off. The thing is, I think they should have made it more where he was. He would actually be afraid of getting harmed if he stayed. But it's like he had nothing to fear at that moment. So yeah, yeah. his sword is gone. So it's like, OK, he's done the one thing he can maybe do to <laughs> hurt him. And that's now that's gone. So now he, you, can, you can stay and watch him burn. That's the kind of character you are. But you leave. OK, whatever. Yeah. So the writing didn't quite line up on that, but also not a very big deal because we're more concerned with what's going on with our heroes at that time. Mm. So what happens is Yunkle uses the last of his strength to lift everyone up on a boulder like on. He lifts up the ground that they're on. Mm-hmm. And he chucks them all the way out of harm's way. And hopelessly. yep. And, you know, Yunkle, he goes out in true hero- uh, heroic Terminator 2 fashion, only a waved hand instead of a thumbs up. <laughs> poor, poor Yunkle. You totally had it coming. <laughs> the end of the episode has our remaining Legion commanders celebrating their win. Flazard volunteers to finish off the Kingdom of Papnica and uses his middle finger to show his distaste for Princess Leona. If we were talking about the manga or the older anime, that is. Yep. Censorship edit, I understand, yet I'm still disappointed that it's missing here. It was, uh, it was, in fact, in the, it's like the last page of volume three is Flazer giving the middle finger. <laughs> That's how they end the volume. It was so funny. Uh, but yeah, they got rid of it. And, and thus ends my hate, most hated episode in the show. Good riddance. So firstly, I really don't understand Japan censoring that because the show is not being made to air on American television. And no. yeah, um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think Japanese people are actually sensitive to that gesture. You know, and I think they have other gestures that they'll use, like pulling down the bottom of the eyelid while sticking the tongue mm. out, you know, and they're not going to censor that. So there was truly no need for that particular edit. Yeah, I don't think that it, it may be now like current uh, present day. Uh, but yeah, back then. I don't think that was seen as such a big deal as it was in the West to do that kind of motion at somebody. You heard us, audience. If you're Japanese, let us know. Does it offend you when people give the middle finger? Yeah, especially like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even then. But but no, I mean, I want to know about now because now is when they censored it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know in in uh, South Korea, where I've, I've lived for many years, like they almost have no concept of it. Like I would have, uh, I was, when I was a uh, learning Korean, I had Korean teachers and some of them sometimes would actually like kind of like itch their face a little bit and they'd use their middle finger to do it. So they'd be like, it, it would look like they were like trying to subtly give you the middle finger, but they weren't at all because they were just, it's not a thing. So it's it was interesting. Yeah, that's fun. And I mean, why wouldn't it, you know, like, even if you know, oh, by the way, that's a rude gesture. I mean, like, you know, if you don't live in the culture where everyone's right. descended from Puritans, then why would you care? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But everybody, as you can tell, Pendy now hates the show. So um, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to talk him back into like and die again. Okay. Yeah. So this might take a bit. Okay, and we're back. Episode 14, Blizzblaze General Flazard. Die and company find a way to reunite with Princess Leona, but Flazard stops by to ruin the party. I've got it. My guess for Die is that he becomes a blacksmith after his adventures are over. The way he is fascinated with how Baddock is repairing armor, his armor, in the beginning of this episode is a dead giveaway. Well, that's my theory anyway. 
it's probably wrong. Wait a minute. Did you say Bardock, the father of Goku? Yes, that guy. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> totally that dude. Anyway, Pop has a nice moment of maturity here when he consoles mom. But in doing so, he regrets his actions because, like, he's like, wait a minute. Why am I trying to help out my rival? Because he sees Yunkle as his rival. And mom does admit that she doesn't quite understand her feelings for Yunkle, which in the real world would mean, yes, I have some feelings for Yunkle. Mm -hmm. In the old anime, he completely ruins the moment. Gomei-chan sees him beating himself up about it late afterwards. Pop notices this, and he's angry at Gomei-chan for spying after him, or assuming that Gomei-chan is spying uh, on him. So he chases after. Gomei-chan hides in Mam's tunic, where Pop accidentally gets a handful, making then making a C-cup joke, trying to make light of it. But uh, that doesn't go so well for him. Excuse me, but that's the opposite of ruining the moment for me. Oh, Pop, will you never learn? Badak gets an idea to go back to the ruined temple to find some signal flares in the basement. And, and you know, I noticed in the old anime, Badak wears pink armor. He doesn't oh. in the, the new yeah. anime. So Dragon Quest IV had debuted a year before the old anime started. So I'm guessing the anime creators were trying to draw some parallels between the two characters. At least maybe they were. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Badak, who came before in the manga, was the inspiration for Ragnar in the first place. Perhaps he is. But getting back to the story, uh, a red flare would send a clear message that they won to the princess. That's what the red flare means in this in the show in that country. It means, hey, victory, which I wouldn't mean I wouldn't think that would make sense to me. But that's how it is in that country. But anyways, the entrance is blocked and Dai foolishly decides to use a fire wrapped earth slash to clear the way. But in doing so, he sets off all of the flares, which includes all the other colors. So it's a big mess. What a goofy situation. <laughs> An unfortunate cut from the original anime is that we see in that anime, we see the fake heroes are also on this continent and they end up pretending to be dying company. Their hijinks are interspersed throughout the episode, which would have been delightful. Yeah, there's even a fun moment where the big burly warrior is mistaken for Gomichan because he has the little wings on his helmet and he keeps saying, boo, boo, pee, pee, in a big gruffy voice. Now that's comedy. <laughs> Back with the real dying company in the current show, we see Pop giving Dai a hard time about the flare mistake. In fact, he keeps giving lightly kicking him over and over. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty comedic. And uh, I don't know if this is specific to the old anime or if it was in the manga, too, because I don't I don't I'm not that far in the manga. But there is this really odd scene where they show Dai shrinking to kind of see how small he feels for messing up. And they put his shrunken body next to a generic pack of cigarettes to kind of show how small he feels <laughs> for a frame of reference. Metaphorical. Like, I mean, yeah. And I guess they really loved their cigarettes back then. And maybe that's why they use decided to use that as a common frame of reference to show how small he was metaphorically. So though it was, you know, it was the early 90s where chain smoking in Japan was still very prevalent. So, I mean, I get maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, if I want to see people smoking on TV, I'll, I'll probably pop in a Japanese show. Right. Mm. But as the party tries to figure out what to do next, they discover a hot air balloon is approaching them. It ends up being a Royal Potnika balloon with a scouting party to see what all the flares were about. And the party is led by Royal Sage Amy, who Pop is immediately attracted to. Yeah, he turns into quite the horn dog here, though I don't blame him since they use the Dragon Quest III style female sage costume, a fan favorite. Oh yeah, it's a looker. Mm. The, the party travels to Volga Island to meet with Princess Leona. While doing so, Dai, Pop, and Mom get into this cute little argument, you know, in which uh, Dai is asking what Leona's like, and he keeps comparing 
they keep making these negative comparisons where Leona's even meaner than than mom and dies like, oh, wow, even meaner than mom. She must be like an ogre. It's hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, and Pop ends up getting slapped for that remark. And, you know, maybe not such a good idea to compare someone to only being one step below an ogre. Maybe not. But mom's temper is hilarious Mm. on the island. We see Leona flexing her leadership skills as she solves a dispute between three soldiers over their limited rations. Yeah, and I actually really like how they rewrote this scene compared to the old anime. She actually takes the bread and she holds it off the edge of the tower and gives a much better speech than what was in the original anime, in my opinion. We also learned that she's the one that sent Avon to be his tutor, to be Dai's tutor. I had completely forgotten about that detail. That's a handy detail. And we... Another thing we learned this episode is that Leona talks about Dai all the time. And I like that because, you know, Dai also thinks about Leona a lot. So good for them both, right? Yeah. Before Dai can reach the princess, Flazard makes his appearance. He takes out several soldiers with his flame and ice attacks. Yeah, the uh, other two royal sages are there. They think to do a dual attack of fire and ice on his opposite sides, fire against ice, ice against fire. But then they learn that he can use his hands to absorb the attacks and fire them right back at him. Yeah, it's a real shame for them that they're not main characters, so they have no chance. Mm -mm. (laughs) Thankfully for the royal company, one of the sages casts Insulate, a protection spell against breath attacks which is a nice nod to the same skill that first appears in Dragon Quest III. Yeah, it seems in the anime they kind of expand its powers to to include spell protection as well, but uh, Flazard is able to overpower it with his unique five-finger flare that shoots five Kafriz spells all at once. And who wouldn't be weak to a five-finger blast? (laughs) So then we see how cruel Flazard can be as he dispatches both sages after performing that flare attack. Oh, and it's even old, it's even worse than the old anime. Like uh, instead of just lifting the female sage by her head and tossing her, you know, backwards into a rock column, kind of flipping her over his shoulder. Uh, for example, he lights her head on fire for a bit in the palm of his hand before, you know, tossing her to the side in the old anime. Wow. This, yeah, this particular villain is one of the most cruel and cutthroat villains in the whole series. Also worth noting, the material in these two episodes of the new anime covers about episode 24 through the middle of episode 28 in the old anime. That's twice as many as two episodes. <laughs> as Flazard is about to kill Princess Leona, Dai comes along and saves the day, interrupting Flazard's attack with his Papnikan knife. Yep, definitely uh, imagery with a purpose there. And he is pissed. No one messes with his dear Leona like that. Yes, it's time for the Wrath of Die, except that's the end of the episode. We'll see what happens next time. Mm-hmm. So before we end our episode of Tactfully Die, we have a few other Die-related items to talk about. First up, I heard just now that you made a recent pre-order for a certain figure. I did. Figma, the company Figma, is doing a flasered figure. It's about six and a half inches tall, and it will run you more than $100. It's pricey, but I think it's worth it. Good golly, I wish I could both afford that and have room to store a beautiful figure, but... I am impressed. That's a cool choice. So how long before it comes here? A really long time. It won't actually be available until July of 2023. Wow, that's almost a year from now. I know, it's such a long wait for some reason. Probably the longest pre-order I've ever done for anything. Well, that's something. What else is going on in the world of dye? So uh, remember the dye exhibit we were talking about last episode? No. Yes. No. Yes. (laughs) The art exhibit for the manga and the anime in Japan... 
which is going on this month. That's right. Uh, so I belong to this Die Facebook group that has been posting some fantastic pictures of the exhibit. I'll wow. be posting them in our YouTube version of this podcast, but beware, there will be mild spoilers in some of these pictures. Yeah, that's why I haven't joined that particular group, because I'm not as far along in the anime as you. So I'll have to be careful. Mm, yes. The artwork displays are fantastic. I'll post pictures of the merch I saw there, too. So there's some beautiful pieces, like uh, like they got these letter watches that have the symbol of Avon in the middle of them. And they have these letter openers that are in the shape of various famous swords from the show. Nice. Anything else unique about the exhibit? Oh, yeah. They even made at least a couple of interactive photo pieces you can pose with. There's one where you can copy a, a character slumped up against a wall from a famous pose I can't go into for spoiler reasons. And another where you can hold Dai's sword that has an Avon Strash effect on it. it. It looks like a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. We don't usually talk about about positions like that, you know, being slumped up against the wall. And that hardly ever comes up in Dai, but interesting to hear about. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, if only we could go there. The last item we have is about the latest volume of the Die manga. That's right. I recently did some traveling for work, and I used the time in those plane rides to read all of Volume 3 of the Die manga that came out recently. Look at that. You're ahead of me. Did you find anything interesting? I did. In the back of the book, there was an ad for the Akira Toriyama Dragon Quest Illustrations book. It was cool to see an ad for it in there, and it's a great buy for any fans of good Dragon Quest art. I have a copy of it myself. And have have you seen that book before? Or do you have a copy of that? So this is not the book that's just a bunch of pictures of the monsters? No, that that's, the encyclo- that's the encyclopedia. Okay, so I have the encyclopedia. It doesn't sound like I have this one. Did it just get published in English or something? Yeah, no, yeah, this one got published in... It, this one actually got published in English by Viz. So it's something that you can buy like through Amazon or... or Barnes Noble, any any major bookstore, you can get it. So it's they they I have the Japanese version of it too, but basically it's like all the different uh, you know it's like various select Akira Toriyama art um, images from the various Dragon Quest games, and like on the cover of it, it has like all maybe ten or I forget if it goes up to eleven heroes, and uh, it's and it has some interviews with Akira Toriyama, which are now translated into English, of course. So it's really nice. Okay, maybe I do have that book. Or maybe I don't. How many how many Dragon Quest books has Viz published besides the manga? Just the I, one? Uh, that's just the one. Because the only thing we have in English is we have the Dai manga that's coming out now. We've All got right. the illustration book. And then we've got the uh, Dragon Quest Monsters Plus manga. Okay. So I do have this book. And I remember oh, okay. that Viz really screwed up the cover compared to the Japanese version. It's like whoever designed their cover has much less talent than the average Japanese designer, apparently. Uh, so. Yeah, I think it was just because, because I, because I, like I said, I've got both. It's just that the Japanese cover, there's, you can tell that they spent more money on it. So it has like <laughs> a jack, it has a jacket, an actual jacket to it, and a little more art that goes along with it. So I think it's just because the American version's just kind of a cheaper version of it, which is why it ended up being the way that it that it was. But I'm just glad that we actually got it in English. Like I know it's not as good as the Japanese version of it, but the artists all still there. The interview is now interviews are now there in English. So I was just happy like holy crap, they threw us a bone and we actually got <laughs> some of one of these fantastic art books that they put in Japan all the time. Oh yeah, it's wonderful that they released it here at all. But like yeah, yeah for instance with the logo, you know, like their version of the logo. I mean, I'd have to be looking at it 
it to be real specific, but I mm-hmm. just remember it's like they took what was already a good thing and they just made not as good a version on the cover. And it's just like Viz, Viz has a lot of unimpressive covers. Like sometimes their covers are great because it's like, well, yeah, they're using a piece of Japanese art. So, of course, it looks great. But other times it just makes me wonder, like, why why were you the guy who got to do this cover? You know, maybe but, maybe I'm just desensitized to it after all the bad localized Dragon Quest video game covers we've had over the years. <laughs> yeah, so many, so many of those. So many. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> And I think that's all we have for now. If that's the case, this concludes our episode of Slime Time Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 15 and 16 of The Adventure of Die on Crunchyroll. We don't use Patreon. If you do have any money that is just completely strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel safe or even searchable wall sack and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting dragon quest fans for over 20 years stop by the dragon's den at www.woodis.com den and click on support this site woodis has owned and maintained the dragon's den fan site for decades he personally edits every youtube version of our podcast and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running the dragon's den website also features an amazon affiliate link if you click the link then make a purchase small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. It doesn't cost you anything, and I promise they won't give it to me either. <laughs> As part of the Slime Time Extended Universe, or Stew, you can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash eastxtwitch. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday evening, kids. <laughs> Getting back to Dragon Quest, Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of gaming's longest-lived forums. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at woodis.com forums. You can also find us and other rapid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers and Dragon Quest Tact Global Facebook groups. We'd love to see you there. Or come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Ten Discord server. We'll have the link to it in the show notes. Sure we will. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, including Pendy, Woodus, the Dragon's Den, and Red Robin. That place is good eating. Yum. And a special thanks to Platy for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. Catch you later, everybody. Don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here. Time, reminding you all that you must complete your adventure.